Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast, where we have smart conversations about pregnancy and parenting and healthcare and feminism and politics, about everything and all of it. I am the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, which I hope you'll all go out and buy, and then pick up an extra copy and give it to your doctor or midwife, too. Everybody deserves to dial down the drama in prenatal care, even your provider. It's just too darn stressful for everybody, patient, doctor, midwife alike. So what's going on in your world? Um, It's springtime here in Portland, and there's flowers out, and every now and again we get a little sunshine, and I am a happy camper when that happens. Um, Let's see, in the news, well, today... Um, the Affordable Care Act is being yanked around again, and Republicans are trying very hard to dismantle it. I am um, a a fan of the Affordable Care Act because uh, it not only made it possible for me to become insured at an infor- at an affordable rate, um, considering that I have some very significant pre-existing conditions, but it also enabled me to um, keep my children insured while they were finishing college and getting established in the world, and that has been huge. So um, you won't hear me bad-mouthing the Affordable Care Act. Um, but Republicans are trying very hard to dismantle it, and they were set to vote on the new Trump care plan today, but it's such a stinker, they couldn't get the thing to pass. So they've decided to postpone voting. Um, among the issues they're debating is whether or not to include maternal health, prenatal and pregnancy care and birth control in their insurance proposals. You know, basically, all of women's health care. Um, matter of fact, there's a picture floating around the internet today. Uh, that's It's an image that we've all come to expect in boardrooms where important, critical, life-threatening decisions are being made about women's health and their lives. It's a boardroom full of middle-aged and old white men. Not a woman in the group. Not one woman at that table. What the fuck? I am so disgusted with this. Women, I don't care which side of the political spectrum you fall on. We all have to agree that women's healthcare decisions at that level, at any level, should be made by women. Women, not men, not mostly men and a couple of women. Mostly women need to be making these decisions. Okay, I could spiral into a major rant on that, but I'm going to cut you some slack. What else? Um, well, President Trump's budget request for fiscal year 18, I think it's a real stinker too. And so do, you know, does most of Congress. He's proposing to cut international humanitarian assistance by a third. Now, y'all know that my thing is maternal health here in the United States and around the world. And that I hold a really special place in my heart for women in countries where healthcare is especially hard to access. This budget would destroy existing programs that help women not only get health care, but also to get educations and job training and to survive a hurricane or an earthquake and, you know, or programs that protect their human rights. And I have to ask, with a budget request like this one, where's the humanity? 
Where's the, you know, the core human value that we take care of those who need our help? Seems to be missing right now. Well, you know what? I think that this week we're just going to clear out a few emails. I've gotten a bit behind on that. So um, today, let's pull three or four out of the inbox and answer some questions. Uh, I got one here from Callie, or maybe it's Kaylee. It's hard to tell by the spelling, but I'm going to say Callie. Uh, Hi, Jeannie. I'm writing to hear your advice on what steps to take to increase the likelihood of vaginal delivery uh, after a cervical cerclage is removed after 36 weeks. From what I understand, a lot of women find out that their cervix gets scarred and they don't dilate easily even after the removal of the cerclage. These women then get past term to 41 weeks of pregnancy and have to be induced, some resulting in C-section delivery. I am considering hiring a doula, physical therapist, etc. to seek help with vaginal delivery with or without epidural. But before I begin the process, I am trying to understand if this proves to be of any help in a situation like mine. Also, I'm only 27 weeks into my pregnancy still, but I would like to begin the process of looking into help sooner than later. Your response and help with this question will be highly appreciated. Sincerely, Callie. Oh, that's a really good question, Callie. Um, So let me just start off with explaining what a cerclage is. So for some women, the cervix has a hard time staying closed during pregnancy and it literally dilates too early and, you know, the fetal contents can just slip right through and it's, you know, it causes a miscarriage or a stillbirth. So what a cerclage does is it's sort of like stitching the the cervix closed. They, you know, have a special technique and some special thread and they go in and they kind of, you know, create a drawstring situation that just holds the cervix closed. And then at about, you know, 36 weeks or so, they take the cerclage out and they wait for the cervix to dilate. Now, it's true that some women will develop some scarring, um, you know, from having the cervix manipulated with the needle and thread. Most will not, but, you know, some women will. Um, And, you know, that's what Kelly is referring to, getting past term to 41 weeks and then needing to be induced. Um, So it's possible that it can cause scarring, but it doesn't usually. And usually if the cervix is so relaxed that it is at risk of dilating early, it's probably not going to be very difficult for it to dilate, you know, at term during labor. Um, I'm glad to hear you're considering hiring a doula. Uh, Physical therapist, that's a pretty interesting technique. I'd be curious to hear what you're going to do with that. Um, To get help with having a vaginal delivery, with or without an epidural. Okay, I really like the approach you're taking. You're coming at this with, you know, kind of looking at all the different tools in the toolbox that you could use. And I'm glad to hear about that. Um, I do think that those kinds of things can be helpful with a situation like yours, especially a doula. Um, 
And, you know, taking precautions to try to have a vaginal delivery early on are important. I do want you to pick up a copy of the book, Callie, either at your library or pick up a copy at the bookstore or through Amazon. And I want you to give it a good read because much of the advice that I will give you about how to have a natural vaginal delivery or even a medicated vaginal delivery is going to be in there. And it's going to be able to go into a lot more detail than I can do right here. Um, But... About that scarring. Now, you know, this isn't going to be a scar that has been there for a long time. It's going to be pretty soft tissue if it's caused by the cerclage itself. So that means that it's going to be pretty easy to soften those scars and adhesions and help them kind of disrupt or break up. Um, You know, that might happen very late in your pregnancy after the cerclage is out when your midwife or doctor does what we call sweeping the membranes. They simply stick a finger, you know, during a vaginal exam um, into the very edge of the cervix and they kind of, you know, swirl their finger around. And this can, it can disrupt adhesions and scars, um, but mostly it's going to help release hormones, prostaglandin hormones that are really helpful in um, getting the cervix soft, ripe, and ready to dilate. Um, so that's something that your your provider, either a midwife or doctor, can do. Um, then during labor, your doctor, midwife, or even your nurse might, you know, do a little bit of a cervical massage if they find that you know you've been in good hard labor for a while and you're just not dilating. Well, then that's a pretty good sign that yeah, there's a little scarring there, and they might be able to just with the tip of their finger, gently massage the cervix to the point where it relaxes and opens up. Now that can be pretty uncomfortable. Um, You might want an epidural before you do that. And I have seen it happen a lot of times where an epidural relaxes the body enough that the cervix really dilates well. Um, You may not need that, but you know, it's an option. It's something that you can keep in mind as you're thinking about what to do. Um, And then, you know, just follow all the usual techniques for having a natural labor and hope for the best. You know, wait until you're four or five centimeters before being admitted to the hospital, if possible. Warm baths, walk in the halls, lots of freedom of movement, changing positions, eat and drink normally for as long as possible. And then you've kind of done everything that you can do. And it's really up to you and your body and your baby to have the birth that you're going to have. I hope that gives you a little bit more information to work with. Okay, let's do another one. Hi, Jeannie. Love your podcast. It is so real, and I love real talk. Thank you. (laughs) I'm in desperate need of your advice. I have recently found out, excuse me, that my insurance does not cover midwifery and our open enrollment has ended, so I can't add it until after the baby is born. I'm due September 9th. I love my midwife and really have no interest in seeing a doctor. I have made up that they will make me take drugs, have a C-section, make me stop CrossFit and not listen. I realize that's not the case, but I have much more faith in midwives than doctors. I do plan to deliver in a hospital. So, How do I keep seeing my midwife and have insurance cover it? Any good ideas? I have tried calling customer service at the hospital twice and the billing department twice, and they have ping-ponged me back and forth, and I've been disconnected also twice. I know that's outside your scope of responsibility, but I'm at a loss, and any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so very much. Oh, 
Boy, I can relate to that. That same thing kind of happened to me um, when I was expecting my second baby. Um, and, uh, oh, and this was, this was, uh, came to us from Melissa. When I had my second baby, we, my husband changed jobs and we lost our insurance. And um, I was about, I don't know, seven months pregnant with our second baby. And I was going to have to pay cash wherever I went. So I ended up finding a midwife who would take cash payments. And I delivered in a birthing suite in her office. And that was how I was able to afford maternal health care during that second pregnancy. And I was really lucky. Everything went really well. And, um, you know, that was great. I would have been in deep financial trouble if I had been in an emergency situation, though, and had to be transferred to a hospital because without insurance, that would have been absolutely unaffordable for me. Anyways, so how can you get your insurance to pay for it if they don't cover midwifery? Well, I don't know that that's actually a hurdle you can jump. You know, if they have said, we don't cover it, and if you live in a state that does not require by law that midwives be covered, then um, I think that it's going to, you know, I like you said, that's outside my scope of, of expertise. I don't know how you can, you know, trick your insurance coverage. What you could do is you could consider, you could ask your midwife to consider a payment plan. Um, you know, it can cost anywhere from a couple thousand to, you know, several thousand dollars. Um, but many midwives will offer a discounted rate for people that are paying cash. Um, and they'll, you know, give you several months or a year to pay it off. So ask, ask that. It may be, you know, that you pay 250 bucks for a year and then you've paid for your midwife. Um, if that isn't feasible, then, you know, there are plenty of doctors out there who practice like midwives. You know, they're very respectful of making sure that care is reflective of what the woman wants and needs. Um, low intervention, very supportive of natural birth. There are tons, loads of doctors who are like that. And, um, your midwife probably knows who they are. So, you know, you could ask for a recommendation. Um, Let's see, you could go see a doctor and pay your midwife on the side. That way, you know, you're covered for a hospital birth. And if an emergency comes up, then you already have care established with a doctor. Um, I know somebody who bartered with their midwife to pay for her services uh, with accounting. And, you know, I've heard of other people who barter for health care, you know, for like personal training or you know, whatever your skills are, it's worth having the conversation. Um, and then, you know, ask for help. Ask your family and friends to help pay for your midwife instead of buying you baby gifts or consider a crowdfunding campaign. I mean, what a political statement that makes when women have to, you know, crowdfund for their own prenatal care to be able to have the choices that they want. So... Good luck, Melissa. I wish I had a really easy formula that, you know, would make your insurance company do that, but I don't. And at this point in history, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen next. Um, I hope this helps Callie and Melissa. I hope you both have easy, safe deliveries. Um, I've gotten an awful lot of emails this week about 
bacterial vaginosis again. So we're going to revisit that next week. Uh, Until then, I think that's all we're going to cover today. I want to say thanks for listening and for sharing this podcast with your friends and your sisters and your family. We are really growing and it's exciting to see how many women and families are resonating with, you know, talking about these important issues and with taking a less stressed out, more carefree and common sense approach to pregnancy and parenting. So until next week, y'all, Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. You can pick up a copy of my book, Common Sense Pregnancy at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere books are sold. Don't forget to hand a copy to your doctor too. And let's really change the way we think and talk about prenatal care and women's health. You can learn more about me, Jeannie Faulkner, at jeanfaulkner.com. Tweet me at jeanfaulkner, email jean at jeanfaulkner, and be sure and share this pod on social media, will ya? Let's keep this conversation going. Bye-bye. There'll be days like this, there'll be days like this.